Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. So this this week is a good episode. This is a real treat for all the moms, all the stepmoms, just anyone who feels like they just cannot get ahead or that their dreams may be put on hold because motherhood and stepmotherhood, well, it's pretty damn time consuming. Now, I often talk about when I first became a stepmom and then a mom, I put this immense amount of pressure on myself to seem like I had it all together all the time. Honestly, thinking back to that time of my life, it makes me feel just exhausted. I worked 40 hours a week in child protection. I commuted three hours a day. I dove headfirst into everything with the kids. When I first became a stepmom, I had my finger on everything. I was helping my husband with everything. I had this mentality that I needed to have my finger on everything so that I could just kind of save the day. I had my meals prepped in a crock pot every single night, even though I wouldn't get home till, you know, sometimes seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, some evenings. And I was always caught up on laundry. Like, honestly, when I look back on it, From the outside, I looked like I totally had my shit together and I was just killing it in stepmotherhood, but inside I was miserable. I was so full of anxiety and I was just so scared that if I didn't keep up this facade, someone would find out that I had no idea what the F I was doing and that life was just not as perfect as I was making it out to be. And it was exhausting for my family as well. I'm sure, you know, my husband and I talk about that time in our lives and, you know, he knows that I just felt like I needed to keep it all together because there were so many people in our life who kind of thought that we were going to crash and burn if I'm being completely honest. But fast forward to, it's been almost seven years since that time. And I have such a different mentality about life and motherhood. And I'm, oh my God, I'm just so over trying to pretend like we have the perfect life because we don't. Life is hard and no one has it together all the time. Which by the way, guys, as soon as I stopped pretending like we were perfect and pretending like I knew what I was doing, life just got so much better. So if you're in that space right now, just let it go because no one knows what they're doing. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm sitting down with Lisa Canning. She is the mother of seven, an entrepreneur, an interior designer, and the author of The Possibility Mom. So in this book, The Possibility Mom, Lisa shares how she went from living a life where she just felt like she was simply surviving and was so off balanced to a life of fulfillment and freedom and joy. And she really does. She's killing it in all areas of life right now. Like this, this mom has it all together. In addition to all the things that I listed, she also coaches mothers in high-end positions on how to balance work and life and to just, like I said, feel fulfilled. So in this episode, she is providing us with real-life tangible tips for moms who just feel like they can't get ahead or feel like motherhood has made them have to put their dreams on hold. I can honestly say that I have implemented a lot of the tips that Lisa shares in this episode into my life over the past few months, and I've seen a huge change in how I feel, how I show up, and how much I get done. It's not perfect, and as I will share with you in this episode, there are days where I just feel like, um, well, I find myself crying in the closet to my husband, but for the most part, these tips have literally changed my life. So without further ado, let's dive in and hear from Lisa. All right. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to be able to sit down with you today. Me too, Jamie. I just, I'm so grateful. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking before we hopped on this call, the first time that I met you was at one of Kat and Nat's events. We were, I think we were at that really nice, it was like a Fisher Price event for kids. Yes, getting our nails done. And I had a baby strapped to me. Yeah, you had a baby strapped to you. And I remember thinking, because we had a really great conversation and you literally just were like sitting there so 
perfectly and calmly with this baby on your chest in this beautiful wrap thing. And I had just had Reese at that time. I think it was one of the days that I was able to kind of get away and, and get someone to help look after Reese. Like, this mom has it all together. Like literally, I remember that was my instant reaction about you. And it's just so crazy now, you know, you've come out with this book, The Possibility Mom, and you're sharing all of your tips and strategies with other women. So it's just, it's just crazy how life evolves that way. It sure is. And I'm grateful that, you know, we met those years ago. Yeah, no, for sure. So, okay. You know what, for those who maybe aren't familiar with you yet, why don't you give us, what's your elevator pitch? Who is Lisa Canning? What's the possibility, mom? Like, what are you all about? Sure thing. So for 10 years, I ran an interior design business in Toronto, Canada. I hosted an HGTV show. Um, I worked behind the scenes with many television shows that you'd be familiar with on networks like HGTV. And at the same time as building my interior design business, I grew my family to seven children. <laughs> so basically every other year we birthed out a baby. And so I had to get very creative about how to handle the juggle that is motherhood well. And I didn't do it very well for the first five years, basically. Um, for the first five years, I was on this mission to prove that you could have it all, to be very frank with you. I was so driven to succeed in business and I was so driven to succeed at home. But really what was happening was that I was only focusing my main attention to my work. And everything came to a massive implosion when I was just seven days out of hospital with my um, fourth child in five years. And I was bringing her to a job site. And I just remember sitting in the minivan being like, Lisa, what has happened to you that you feel like there is so much pressure on you to keep up appearances and keep going and feel like you can prove to everyone that you can be a mom and an entrepreneur and do everything well. What on earth has happened? And it just dawned on me that day that my priorities were so messy. And basically from that moment on, I was on a mission, mission to help myself <laughs> understand how you could pursue your dreams, but not at the expense of your health, your marriage, and your relationship with your kids. Because I can promise you, Jamie, that if I had continued down that road, I don't know where I'd be today. Like it was just all I was doing was working. And so I'm on a mission to help moms understand all around the world that motherhood is not the death of your dreams, but it's also the pursuit of these dreams can't be at the expense of things that are very important to you. So I've written a book, I do some online coaching um, and one-on-one -on -one, um, and courses. And I'm just really, I want to change the conversation on motherhood and make it more manageable for all. And, you know, I love that so much because when I, you know, think of my platform and, you know, I work with stepmoms and my whole mission is to provide stepmoms with support and show them that it isn't possible to live a great life amongst all of the extra stressors and chaos that comes with blended family. And, you know, I love that both of us and a lot of the female entrepreneurs that I connect with, it comes from personal experience. We've learned something, we've had heartache, we've had struggles and have come through them. And we want to share that with someone else because I feel like that is what, I think that's actually what makes a really successful female entrepreneur, or mompreneur, right? Because you have that passion to teach. It's still even that like mother bear effect. Do you get what I mean with that? A hundred percent. I think this is why, if I may just be personal, I always, I'm always personal, but this is why I'm so drawn to you. I just love how you currently, like you share the struggle and you share the success, but you do it like in real time as well. So you share where you've been, but you also share like where I am right now. And I think in this landscape where authenticity is such a buzzword, it's also just very important. Like the more authentic we can be with our audiences um, and the more that we can not just share for the sake of authenticity, and that's what I mean by buzzword, but then share how did we come out the other end? How were we able to um, prevail? What were the things that we could, uh, we wish we could tell our younger selves? And, you know, that's what I really did in The Possibility Mom 
I really just, I wrote the book for, for me, <laughs> for 25 year old first time mom, Lisa, who was desperate to prove to everyone that I was worthy and that I was successful. And it's just the kind of book that I wish I could have given her and kind of whacked her over the head, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So I, you know, there's a quote in, in your book, and I think it's at the very beginning and it hit home to me. I sent it out to all my email subscribers. I have been thinking about it ever since. And you say, well, I love the internet. It does pose challenges. Other generations of mothers never faced never before have the intimate details, but the lives of other women, how they eat, how they dress, how they parent been so easily accessible with one scroll, one swipe or one click. A woman can spend hours and hours getting lost in the lives of others while her own life passes her by. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I cannot tell you how much that hit home because it made me realize, hey, I knew the pressures that moms face. Like I know I feel it. I, I'm the, I can definitely get lost in the scroll. But the amount of pressure and the amount of time we are spending watching other people's lives it's crazy. And not only is it crazy, but it can be very damaging. <laughs> so sure. I want a complete 30 day hiatus from everything. I took all social media email off my phone. I had, um, my sister just check into my email to make sure there wasn't anything like very, um, urgent or what have you. I put all work. I put literally everything on hold for 30 days. And it was so interesting what I learned as a result. And it was so interesting what my re-entry back into the internet was like. And the first emotion I had after 30 days of walking in the desert, so to speak, without looking at social media, I remember my first thought when I opened Instagram was I saw a post and I saw many, how many hearts and whatnot and comments were on it. And I immediately felt jealous. And I remember being like, Lisa, remember this moment. Like, you cannot let these things go unexamined. We can't sort of, it's naive for us in this landscape in this day and age, this, this day and age of modern motherhood, where we can literally parent distracted 95% of the time, if we're being honest, right? We can be on the phone, checking something, constantly checking and constantly telling our kids to hold on if we're not careful, right? And so I think it's just, we, it, it's not bad to use these tools. You and I connected because of these tools. So many of your listeners and your followers have found you and found hope in their situation because of these tools. However, we also have to check of what it does to our sense of self-worth and sense of success. So if I can get really vulnerable for the first five years of my interior design career, I was just constantly looking sideways. So I would be like, oh, so-and-so is wearing these kinds of shoes. I'm just going to go buy those too. Or, oh, so-and-so took on this kind of project. Well, I should probably follow that exact path. Or, oh, so-and-so got the cover of, you know, this magazine. Okay, I better pitch my projects to those publications. And then what was so challenging, Jamie, was when I started to get some of these things, when I started to get published, when I started to get the kinds of clients, the satisfaction and fulfillment was so fleeting. And then I would feel like, oh my gosh, like what's next? Like what's the next thing I have to have? And I think this is just such an important conversation to have where we do not equate our self-worth and our identity with these external achievements. And that's what's so challenging about the internet because it can look like everybody else in life is crushing it. <laughs> it can look like everyone else in life has everything together, that they don't struggle because this is what we see. It's a highlight. And I feel like we know this, but it's just so important to remember and be able to use these tools and take the good from them, but not get sucked up in this comparison trap and ensure that we are defining success by standards that we have set as opposed to setting our standard for success by what we see on Instagram. No, I couldn't agree more. And it's so easy, even though we are, oh no, it's a highlight reel. It's a highlight reel. And we are aware of it. If you're not constantly reminding yourself, it's easy to just get back into that space of feeling insecure or feeling like you're not measuring up or your life isn't as good as someone else's. And 
the time, you know, I want to even go back to the time that we spend on the scroll because I also took time this year in January, I decided I was not creating any new content for the first few weeks. I was unplugging for two weeks. I was off social media, just really took some time to kind of set my year up for success. I just needed some space actually. And what happened was I didn't want to go back on. Oh, wow. I, I was not, my, my husband was like, there is no way that you are going to not be on social media. There's no way that you're going to last. And when the day came that I could come back on, I didn't want to go back on. And even to this day, you know, last weekend, I decided to take Instagram off my phone for the weekend and just kind of get some stuff done. And first of all, I was so flipping productive. It's amazing what you can get done when you're not just checking in on nothing or yes. what everyone else is doing with their weekend. But come Monday, I didn't post. I didn't want to go back on. And I didn't come back on until Tuesday. And I did it reluctantly. And unfortunately for me, like I do, it is my business. And that's actually fortunately for me. I connect with so many people on social media. But there's, you know, that personal business community balance that it, it's really easy to get sucked in. 100%. And so if I may just provide a couple practical things that have been really helpful for me, um, is, is literally just set like schedule. So mm-hmm. set a schedule for when you are going to check social media. And this can look different for everyone. As you mentioned, there are many of us out there, many of your listeners who do this as a job, but this does not mean that you cannot dictate the terms of your job. You know, when I, when I, and, and, and I, I say this with so much love, please hear my heart. But when I hear some people complain, like, it's my job, I have to look at comments all the time, you know, I've got a, what if a, what if there's a negative comment, you know, it's going to look bad on a brand partnership that I'm working with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I get it. I absolutely get the reality. We want to do well. We want to succeed. We want our partnerships that we engage in for those of who do, you know, sponsored campaigns. We want all of those things to go well. Absolutely. However, <laughs> no one is telling us that we must be slaves to our phone and no one gets to tell us the relationship we have with it. And so for example, you could say, I check social media between the hours of nine and 9.30, 12 and 12.30, three and 3.30, and maybe like nine and 9.30, two, like whatever that is. I think that's two hours a day if you were to add that all up. All the messages will still be there. You know what I mean? Like all of the the comments will still be there and you're allowing yourself space to get other things done. As you just mentioned, when you took it off your phone for the weekend, how productive we can be when we are in deep work and we're not distracted. And then the other thing I just want to mention that I do feel is so important and is vulnerable for me to share too, is what are we actually doing when we're checking social media? Sometimes, yes, you're on there to do a job. You want to engage in comments. You want to um, feed your community. You want to be vulnerable, etc. But sometimes we're escaping. Sometimes we're going on there because there is something really important or really difficult that we're trying to avoid. And again, this is, <laughs> this is me. Like I'm not trying to say that I have mastered this skill. But to just have that sense of like why am I scrolling right now? What is my intention behind scrolling right now? And I think if we can get really real and vulnerable and honest, um, we'll save a lot of time and save a lot of heartache. Oh, for sure. And you know what? I have been implementing that kind of stuff into my day too. I often put my phone in the cover when I need to get stuff done or I'm only chat. There's certain hours of the day that I, I go on social media. I don't go in on bed and all of that kind of stuff. But it's just, you know, it is just crazy it's like this habit, you know, you're in the grocery store. So you just check your Instagram. Like, why can't you just hang out in the grocery store line Mm -hmm. and make a conversation with, I don't know, the people behind you or take a look at the magazine, but it it is really, really crazy. Just the effect it can have on us. And I think it's just important, no matter what space you're in to just be cognizant of that and just really kind of check yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100%. And speaking about being busy. So we're moms, we're busy the stepmoms, like everyone is busy. In your book, you talk about moms on the playground and everyone's like, oh, I'm just so busy right now. Or how are you? I'm just, we're just so, so busy. And it's almost like we all, you know, 
use busy as this badge of honor that it's great that we're so busy, but I personally don't love being busy. I don't, I don't like it at all. And I know you were talking about, about that as well. What do you recommend for moms if they are just trying to feel like they have more control of their schedule? Because even though we wear busy as a badge of honor, everyone is so freaking overwhelmed with to do's that you, it's a, it's not a nice feeling when you feel like you can't get ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So I would say there's three parts to this answer. Um, and I, I go into this quite a bit into my signature course, Conquer Your Calendar. And these are essentially the three things. The first thing is we've got to have a crystal clear sense of what our priorities are. Because if we don't know our priorities, we can allow very easily the priorities of other people to dominate our calendars. And so I feel like, you know, you know what I mean by this. Somebody asks us for a favor and we feel obligated or we feel like we want to be nice and we want to satisfy that request. Or, um, you know, we, 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 we have intentions to go on a date night with our spouse and it's like, okay, we're definitely going to do it. We're definitely going to do it this month. 100% we're going to do this month. And then the month comes and goes and then we don't do it. Why? Like it's not for bad intention, but this is where we have to get so clear and say the priority of my marriage or the priority of my relationship with my kids or the priority of my health are going to come before the priorities and requests of other people. And for me, the easiest way to clarify your priorities is to picture yourself in the future. So picture yourself at like your 65th birthday, for example, and, you know, God willing, you've got your spouse there, you've got your adult kids, you've got grandkids there, you've got friends, we're colleagues, and people are starting to stand up and come to a podium and offer some words in appreciation of your life. What do you want those people to say? How do you want your partner to describe you at your 65th birthday? How do you want your kids to describe the kind of mom you were? How do you want the people in your community, the people that you worked with, the people you impacted via your podcast, your blog, your online courses, how do you want them to speak about the legacy that was your life? And to take those you know, imaginary speeches and to work backwards from there. Okay, so if I wanna be described as a loving, committed life partner, then I have to do things today that are going to make me a loving and committed life partner. So that's the first step. It's this correct identification of priorities. The second step then is ensuring that there are activities that will make that future version of yourself true. And so what do I mean by that? In the time before my um, breakdown in my minivan, I, I thought that my family was important to me. Like if you had asked me, I would have said, my family means everything to me. My marriage is so important to me. But if you opened my calendar, you would have seen that 95% of my day was spent working. And that is not an exaggeration. And I was literally just squeezing in time for everything else, my health, my fitness, my spiritual health, my marriage, my, my kids, like literally just squeezing them into these teeny tiny pockets. And so what I teach people in my program and what I would encourage all your listeners is that let's find activities that will make your most ideal version of yourself true. So for example, if you want to be remembered to have an amazing marriage, you got to date your spouse you got to flirt with your spouse. You've got to, you know, do the things that <laughs> they, they like and, and appreciate them and not nag them all the time and find healthy ways to communicate and healthy ways to do conflict. Similarly, if you want your kids to remember that you were a present and loving mom, you cannot be on your phone 24 hours a day, especially when you're in front of them. Like there's got to be actions and activities that correlate in the future person you want to become. And then the final thing, is habits. So to have the bravery to say things like, thank you so much for asking me to do this, but it doesn't fit with my schedule right now. I'm so sorry. And like just having the bravery to live life a different way. I know you're going to resonate with me when I say this next thing. I just felt for so long like there was only one way to do things. So in my interior design business, I was looking at everyone else around me who was successful and I was like, that's it. Like I have to work this many hours and I have to um, just like hustle so hard. This is just what success looks like. And I just want to challenge 
<laughs> that is baloney. Like there are so many versions of success. There are so many ways a mom can parent and pursue her dreams. And if we can get creative and develop really good habits and do things in a way that satisfy like our families, our unique families and our unique lives and have the confidence to do them regardless of what people think, you know, and that's why I, that's what I think you do so gracefully. I think you live life in a way that is confident. Like you, you, you were just Jamie. I love it. You're just very confident. Um, but that's really it. It's those three things. So identifying your priorities, making sure there are activities in your calendar that reflect those priorities, and then having the courage and the confidence to develop habits like saying no to ensure that these are actually going to stick. Yeah. And I, all of that, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm quiet over here, but I'm literally nodding my head. And I think what people need to realize is that takes work. Like you need to constantly be working on yourself. All of this doesn't come easy. And I had one of my girlfriends say to me the other day, she says, you know, I, I just want to be happy. Like you, you are so happy and so confident. And instead of just saying, thank you, I, well, I did say thank you. Cause it was a nice thing to say, but I said, what do you mean? She was you in the last year have just, I see a shift in you and you are just more happy and confident than you ever were before. And do you know what happened this year? I literally made this decision that I don't give a shit about what other people think about me and how I do my life, how I do my business, what I say. And as soon as you give yourself that permission, and I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, as soon as you do that, everything really does shift and you don't notice it in the moment, but then, you know, someone says something like that to you, or you get that feedback, or you start to just feel so much more confident to say, nope, sorry, that doesn't, that's not aligned with what I want to do right now. And you don't feel guilty for saying no, which you shouldn't, you should never feel guilty for saying no. If it's not aligned, it's a hard no, right? 100%. And, and, you know, like you say, it's not an easy thing to do. Just sort of, it's, it's easy to say, it's easy to say, I'm not gonna, I'm going to act as if I don't care what anyone thinks, but you know, we, 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 I think it's in our human nature to want to be accepted and want to be loved and want to be affirmed. And so of course, when we live life daringly, when we live life on our own terms, we are going to disappoint people. When I started to talk about some of the things that I started to talk about, you know, some people were like, oh, like I miss you just talking about interior design or like even just for me, I'm a unique case where we've got seven kids. People would tell me on and on, like over and over, like, wow, you are crazy. Like, and I actually started to believe it, like that it was crazy that I wanted to have so many kids and I was okay having so many kids. And it just takes courage. Like it just takes courage and there's no easy thing except to do it and then practice again and again and again, the action of courage. And we only get more courageous by actually doing things that scare us and actually, you know, not being afraid of disappointing people and not letting the, ugh, just the other people's opinion of us, not letting that have so much weight and so much space in our heads. Yeah. And it's important to pay attention to, it's not about not caring about what anyone thinks. I, I do care about a few select people's opinions about things, but it's about caring about the right people and the people who, you know, you're doing life with, who you value, who are on the same playing field as you, who can, who can relate to your life. And you have to really, if you are, you know, feeling like you should be saying yes to too many things, or you're feeling pressure, or you're just feeling not aligned, really pay attention to the people that you're spending time with. Because if you leave a dinner date or, you know, coffee with a girlfriend or a play group with your kids and you're feeling crappy about yourself, you're not in the right space. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like you've probably had conversations with this with people in your tribe too. Like sometimes it's people who we think are, should be in our inner circle that shouldn't be in our inner circle. So like it can hurt sometimes, you know, when you live life daringly, when you do something different and somebody very close to you is unable to accept that, that can be very hard and very challenging. And it can make you feel like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not doing things correctly, but it should actually like, we should actually just pause and be like, okay, is this something to do with them or is this something to do with me? You know, and, and be again, just sensitive and, 
and um, look at, you know, are they, are they responding this way because they don't have the courage to do the thing that I'm doing, for example, or the, my life choices just make them really uncomfortable. Like it's okay if somebody who you kind of thought or you wish could be in your inner circle actually isn't. So, so true. All right. So let's pivot for a second and get back to the busy mom. We got so much to do. We've got all of this stuff on our plate. It's like, you can't get ahead. How do you, how do you have it all? How do you become more productive? So I think like I mentioned earlier, it's about correct identification of your priorities, right? So knowing what you're going to say yes to, and then knowing what you're going to say no to. But then one of the interesting things of having seven children has been that my time is limited. So I have to get really creative with doing things in short pockets of time. Um, and so one of the ways that has been really interesting is this, this whole notion of Parkinson's law. So Parkinson's law is that work expands the time that we give it. It used to take me eight hours, literally eight hours, because I had it, eight hours to write a blog post. Because I had it. Before I had children, I could just write and edit and find the perfect picture and put put the headline into like 100 of those like um, search generator, Nate title generators. Like I just could obsess over absolutely every aspect. And then of course, as I had one, two and more children, I had to be like, no, I don't have eight hours to write a blog post. Now I can do it in like 30 minutes, right? So, so just getting a sense of, does it really require me to take this much time or am I being particular? And then the other aspect on that is delegating, right? So for example, if there are 10 steps to writing a blog post, but really you're only personally needed for two of them, can you delegate the rest to someone else? Yes. Yes. And I've been doing that in my business lately and also in my personal life. So we can delegate in our personal life too. The mom does not need to do all the things. The mom doesn't need to do all the dishes or, you know, you can all the tasks for driving kids around and all of the home jobs, if you will, you can delegate it. And I think that a lot of moms struggle with this because, oh, I know I do. I really love when things are done my way, Lisa. Like I, I really like my way. I think it looks better. I think it's done better. But as moms, we got to get over that because you can't do it all. You're, you need to delegate some stuff to the people in your family or even to you know, a cleaning lady or hiring some help or asking your mother-in-law. Like you, it, it's, it's hard to ask for help, but as soon as you do, it's like freedom. You know what? Let me give you just a couple examples. So like I coach some really high level moms who do really incredible things, earning massive salaries. And the, the, the common, common challenge for so many of this, these moms is cleaning the house. Like meaning they will not, it is so challenging for some moms to relent of cleaning and hire a cleaning lady. And it's not about means, like it's not about they don't have the money to afford it, but it, there's this like, I don't know if it's pride or if it's vulnerability that, oh my gosh, I can't have somebody come in and see how messy my life actually is or what have you. But no, we got to get over, especially the cleaning. Like imagine how much time can be freed up for you, both mentally and physically to do things like go on a date with your spouse or take your kids to the park on a more regular basis. The other thing from my own personal life that's kind of a funny one is, um, this is such a funny one, light bulbs and anything small domestic in my house. So like a light bulb goes out or like um, a picture falls off a wall, like small domestic things is what I mean. And I just be like, okay, I'll add the light bulbs to my grocery order which I automate, by the way. I do uh, a click and collect service that I have the same list and I just press the same list every week and I drive my car up and then it gets loaded into my car. But I found that even if I bought the light bulbs, I would never get around to actually changing them. I know this is a random, a random example, but finally I was like, my dad, bless his heart, retired, adorable grandpa. He lives, you know, a seven minute drive from my house. And I literally just said to him, dad, can you help me every two weeks, can you just like walk around my house and see if any random small jobs need to get down? And would you be willing to do them? This gives my dad so much life. Like, you know, he loves little projects around the house and it just, I could see like the fire in his eyes. He's like, yes, I can do that because I can't stand that this light bulb is out. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. 
just creative ways. Like if you do not have the means to hire someone, who are people in your life that actually might love doing it, you know, but you have to ask them, you know, another, another one is laundry. Like I have a mom that I coached whose mom was oh, like her mom, the grandma was always offering how to help. And they would get into conflicts over it sometimes. And eventually I was just like, she clearly wants to help you. Why don't you let her do your family's laundry once a week? And literally the grandma would come over, get all the hampers. She'd put it in her car and drive home to her house, <laughs> do all the laundry at her house and come back and put it away for them. You know what I mean? Like, and again, I think we just got to get creative. Like, can you switch, for example, can you, um, uh, if you have a neighbor and you're both trying to pursue some dreams, but you both have limited funds for childcare, can you take all the kids one day and then she takes all the kids another day? And then you have, you know, a, a four hour window in which to pursue your dreams without children. I just think if we can get a bit creative and look at possibilities like that, there's just so much that can be done. Yeah, it's about getting over it, right? Getting over the fact that you think you have to do it all and that by not doing it all that you don't look like you're perfect and have it all together all the time. I do the kids swap thing with my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, I need the afternoon. Can you take my kids and I'll take I'll take the girls tomorrow? And it it frees you up so much. And to go back to this cleaning lady thing, that blows my mind that people I, I've said this before and I get slack for it. I would not go out for dinner. I would not get new clothes. I would not do a lot of things in order to have my cleaning lady. I do a gratitude list every morning. I write down five to 10 things that I'm just grateful for or things that are going well, just to kind of start my day off in the right frame of mind. I kid you not that cleaning lady's name is on that list every damn time. <laughs> that's so nice Aww. right like so we have to get over that and we need we just delegate ask for help because when you look at the people who you feel like they're doing it all they're not and it's not about money it really isn't and so don't like Lisa said don't be like oh it must be nice it must be nice no it's about what you're prioritizing and like for me <laughs> and I'll scream it from the rooftops we have to prioritize our health our romantic relationships and our relationship with our kids. Like those have to be the first three things. And I will just fight you tooth and nail. <laughs> if I, I welcome all the feedback and all the debate, but I just experience has shown me if we do not prioritize those three things ahead of everything else, the outcome is not a good one. Yeah. It, you have to invest in it because those three areas trickle into all areas of your life. 100%. Now I want to dive into batching. Batching is a new concept for me this year and it's literally changed my life, but let's talk about batching for moms. What does that mean? How do they do it? How does it change everything? So the, for anyone not familiar, the concept of batching is simply doing activities that are similar and doing them all in the same day or the same sitting. So for example, if you write a, uh, if you write a blog or you record a podcast, you might sit and write five blog posts or you might sit and record five podcast interviews. And the whole thinking behind this is that you're already, for example, like set up for success. So you've got your, your uh, microphone or what have you. Um, you're already kind of in the groove of doing it and you will be more productive for it and make so much more progress on that goal. Um, of, for example, like a podcast, you, you, you will be farther ahead because you've got five episodes already in the can type thing. Um, another way that you can approach this is that it's a great energy management tool. So for example, I used to schedule when in my interior design life at the whim of my clients. So I'd be like, sure, you want to meet on the West end of the city on Monday? Amazing. I'll be there. And then another client would be like, Oh, like on the East end, complete opposite. Um, another day, like, like I, I just used to just do everything to everyone else's priorities. But what if instead um, of doing it on all these different days, you scheduled all your meetings on the same day, for example. So you already are dressed well, you look good, you're already driving around everywhere, and you're kind of in that frame of mind. Um, and so just for some practical examples, like for anyone listening who is not an entrepreneur, for example, and wants to apply batching to mom life, 
For example, batch cooking. So like taking your Monday morning or your Sunday evening and cooking a bunch of meals that you can then um, serve to your family during the week. What's really cool about this is that you're already chopping. You already have all these pots and pans out. You're not washing pans over and over again. Like you're already in the zone of cooking. Um, another one is like all your errands. So similar to my meeting example where you just pick one day a week. Maybe it's Tuesday. Tuesday is the day that you run around and you drop off your dry cleaning, go to the library, do this, do that. Um, I think that's really interesting to you. And then like, I think I argue you can batch like hanging out with your kids in a way. So this might sound kind of weird, but what I mean by that is like have times in your week where you know it's like aimless kid time and it's in the calendar, like a non-negotiable appointment <laughs> in the calendar. Yeah, I love that because that's that's what, if things get busy or you feel like your to-do list is a little too long, that's what's going to come off. That's what you can say, oh, sorry, mommy doesn't have time right now. And, but if you literally make it an appointment and get in the mindset where you're going to have that quality time, you're going to have a quality time. And I'm trying to think also like it just, I think you're more productive because you lose actually quite a bit of time in shifting activities. So, you know, when you're trying to do something creative and then you are um, trying to shift to do something very focused or very administrative, for example, and then you're trying to shift and you're trying to do something that's very active and social, you actually spend a lot of energy in the shifting of activities. So to just like put your head down and get stuff done. And then if I may just add one more resource. So Kate Northrup has just run a book called, uh, wrote a book called Do Less. And she talks about actually scheduling activities around your menstrual cycle, which I just think is fascinating. So she goes into it. I, I, I'm not as familiar with her methodology, but she basically presents that there are times in the month based on our cycle where we are more creative and more productive. And so we should do things like record interviews, film videos, that kind of thing. And then there are times in the month based on our cycle that we should be kind of like head down, administrative, doing things that are um, that just require detail and attention. I think that's really fascinating. I don't doubt it though. And another on that same note, not necessarily about cycles, but the time of day. I was just talking about this on my Instagram stories. I just listened to a podcast that talked about the time of day and the tasks that you complete during that time. And I've started to realize, you know, my most productive time is from five in the morning until seven thirty, and then after the kids go to school until about noon like afternoon I'm kind of like a write-off like those are the times where I can re record a podcast or something more interactive but I'm not diving into blog posts or really like hammering out tasks but I started to rearrange my day based on when I'm most productive and then you know today I'm not gonna lie after we record this podcast episode I am just whooped I'm gonna lay down and have a little napper before the kids get home. And that's so okay. That is more than okay. <laughs> and we're, we're caught up in this whole, well, you shouldn't be napping. You have shit to get done or you shouldn't be taking a rest. You should be working on things. And that's not how it should be. You need to take time for rest. And I, I really like, I hit this home with my, my coaching clients all the time is that we cannot give from a vessel that is empty. Like, it's just like, like, it's just not possible. <laughs> it's not a gas, a car needs gas in order to go. We as moms and wives and producers of great content, we need to fuel, whether that be a nap, whether that be prayer and meditation, whether that be going to the gym, whether that be having an amazing meal in silence alone at your favorite restaurant, whatever it is, this whole like notion that self-care is something that we should feel guilty for <laughs> just drives me mental. Oh, <laughs> Again, it's so baloney. Like, it's not something that is, should be like a second-class citizen in our life. Self-care. Yeah. So listen to this. So yesterday, all of a sudden I was just in the worst mood. I was overwhelmed. The kids were driving me nuts. I just felt like everything was being put on me. I just kind of got into one of those spaces where I'm like, I am just pissed at everyone right now with, for no real good reason. And I can say that without feeling ashamed because I know that every mom has been in that space. And so my husband comes home and he went to give me a kiss. I'm like, and I kind of half-assed, give him a kiss. And he's like, what's your problem? I said, nothing, nothing's wrong. And three years ago, I would have really tried to keep that together. 
I would have not said anything. I just would continue on being pissed off till I went to bed and just hope it went away the next day. But I went upstairs into the closet. I was just uh, changing into a sweater and he was getting changed after work. And he says, you know, what's, what's wrong? And I didn't even know that anything was wrong until I just burst out in tears. And he just kind of gave me a hug. I said, I'm just so overwhelmed right now. And then I took a minute and I realized I haven't worked out in the last two days. I've overscheduled myself. I have been saying yes to a couple of things that maybe I didn't really want to, you know, spend my time on. And I just, I just have not been spending time with, with him. He was gone and he's been working nights and it all just added up. And we need to truly recognize, like, I almost feel like when you talk about self-care in a podcast and things like that, everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's just so corny, right? Because so many people are talking about fill your cup, you know, fill your vessel. You can't put your own, the airplane mask on yourself first, like all of those things. But people are still talking about it because people still aren't doing it. And even me, I preach it to everyone I work with, all my coaching clients, all in my, you know, community, but it's, I still fall off the wagon. So we need that constant reminder that if you want to show up for your family, if you want to be productive, if you want to get shit done, you've got to be taking care of yourself and just checking in with yourself too. Yeah. And so if I can, if I can, cause I, I'm sure, I'm sure. And here's the thing. Cause like, again, we're both human beings. You and I, everyone listening is a human being, meaning that we fail. Like we have good intentions for self-care and then we fail and perhaps then just get even harder on ourselves for failing in self-care. But if I may just suggest some practical, like non-negotiables. And so for me in my own life, it's an hour and a half a day off my phone. That is just something that I have set for myself. And that also satisfies the activity of, of spending time with my children that, that helps to reinforce that. So for an hour and a half a day, my phone is gone. The other thing that is a non-negotiable for me in my life is a regular date night. I am just a big believer that it is <laughs> just paramount. Like, regular intimacy of all kinds, like not just physical intimacy, but like emotional intimacy and time where you can just check in with each other is so important. So that's another non-negotiable for me. We have a, actually today is my, my Wednesday is my, um, my weekly date night. And then the other thing I would say is some kind of quiet for yourself. So this can look very different for other people, for many people. For me, it's prayer in the morning for at least like 20 minutes. But whatever you do during that time, whether it be like you mentioned, like a gratitude list or journaling or some kind of a meditation or even just sitting and being quiet, I think is a really important strategy in this whole conversation of self-care. And then one final thing I want to mention on this is understanding what lights you up. So Self-care can also be an activity that fuels you, like that just you feel so alive after doing. And for me, it was learning what my strength finder strengths are. So there is this assessment that you can take, 34 predetermined traits, and it, it ranks you. You do this like fun quiz, and then out of 34 um, traits, you learn your top five. And when I understood what my top five were, it was like something was unlocked within me. It made me realize this is why I am so challenged when I do these kinds of activities. And then this is why I could do these kinds of activities all day. And so when we understand that there are certain activities that will fuel us and give us energy to return to our families with success, that can be, be a, a source of self-care as well. So I just think that's so paramount, um, regardless if you work or if you don't or what have you, understanding the activities that fuel you are really important in mom life. Yeah, so, so true. And the thing is, you, there are going to be times when you do all those things and you still feel like maybe you need to do a little bit more. You know, I do a lot of those things and, you know, Darren and I are really great about date night and we're all, uh, you know, the quiet time. I love my morning coffee when no one is speaking to me in the morning. It's like, gives me life. But still, sometimes life has sends you some stuff that it just overwhelms you. And if you don't just check in with yourself, and some weeks you're going to need to give yourself a little more self-care. Some weeks you can kind of get away with a little less, but just make sure you're checking in and just, and just seeing how you're doing. And when you feel like you're not showing up, be like, is this about them or is this about me? Because often it is right about coming, comes back to your self-care. Now, the one thing I you, we were talking about when we popped on, you have a, a quiz 
I have a quiz. I made my own quiz. It is, what's your mom's superpower? Okay, so give us a lowdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I'm on a mission to speak hope into moms. I think that we are, can be so incredibly hard on ourselves. And we're having these, like, mental gymnastics, if you will, like, just these, like, whack-a-mole. We can play whack-a-mole with ourselves so much over any and all of the situations that we've been talking about in this amazing interview, um, where we can just feel like we aren't doing enough or when we are, we failing at certain things and just be so hard on ourselves. Here's the thing. I really do believe that we all have the ability to succeed in life. We just need to have our traits that are our superpowers pulled out of us, unlocked in us. We need to learn how to harness the strengths that we have in the most optimal way. And so the quiz, what's your mom's superpower? Uh, It takes you through um, a bunch of very self-reflective questions. And at the end, you get to know your power and then how to use it for the best, like good in your life. Love it. And then when you realize maybe there's areas that you aren't, they're not your thing, that's when you delegate. That's when you have grandpa come over and change the light bulbs or, you know, delegate to whoever it is that you need to delegate. By the way, well, I would love if grandpa could come change some light bulbs here because I'm kind of sick and tired of nagging my husband to. <laughs> I'll send my dad. He would love it. <laughs> yeah, dad, I'll give yeah. him gas money. I'll give him gas money because I'm so sick and tired of nagging Darren to change the light bulbs and hang up the picture. So I need, I need a grandpa like that. I love it. And, and here's the thing. There is so much hope. You know, sometimes in the very entertaining life that is seven children, <laughs> I look at my life and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, like, wow, like we've come a long way. And I just, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself like extraordinary. We just, I just had a dream and I fought for ways to figure out how to do it and to do it so that I was succeeding, not just at work but succeeding with my marriage and my children as well. And so I just, I really, there's always hope. Whatever situation you are in, however bad it might feel, however overwhelmed you feel right now, there is always. Yes. Amen to that. Thank you so much for coming on, Lisa. I'm going to link your book. I'm going to link the quiz. I'm going to link all of the things that we talked about in the description and show notes and Thanks so much for listening and I will chat with you guys next week. Okay guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much and I will talk to you next week.